0: You know, as I think about that song, uh, it brings me back to uh, the late 1990s. And uh, during that time period, God was really working in the hearts of a number of people uh, in this area. And uh, they had a desire to see, to, to have a church where they could bring their friends and their neighbors to hear the life giving message of Jesus Christ because they were so enamored with God, they wanted everybody to know about who he is and all uh, that he's done for us and his great love for us. And so this uh, small group of families uh, in the year 2000 decided to start uh, a new church uh, that became Renaissance Church, and they were led by Rob and Nancy King. And I don't know how many of you know the Kings, I know a number of you do, some of you don't, but uh, the Kings are among the most generous, the most self-sacrificing, the most faithful, the most visionary uh, people that I know. And God has used them and others uh, to make renaissance into the church that today we are all benefiting from, that we are all able to come here and to worship God together to find out more about who he is uh, and his incredible love for us. Today is actually the king's last Sunday here at Renaissance. They're going to be taking off on some pretty exciting adventures that I think they're going to tell us about in a few minutes. But we wanted to take uh, some time this morning to thank them uh, for how God has used them, really to thank God for how he has used the kings over these past 17 years here at Renaissance, and also to hear some some thoughts from them as they look back on what God has been doing and look forward to uh, what they are going to continue to pray that he'll continue to do here at Renaissance. So why don't you join me in welcoming Rob and Nancy King.
1: Uh, Clay, thank you. Rob, did you want to start off right off the bat?
2: Before we got going on the interview, uh, Nancy and I wanted to, to take a moment and thank some folks. Um, There are so many people in this church right now who are serving in so many great capacities, we could spend the entire morning thanking folks. So we wanted to to, uh, just mention a few who really have been with the church since the beginning, or close to the beginning, uh, because this church has gone through quite a journey, and there have been some tough times, as some of you know, some great times, and it's been some special people who have really been unsung heroes throughout this entire journey, uh, who we have to thank and all of us have to thank. And so we just wanna mention a few of those folks before we got going, if that's okay.
1: Of course it is, go ahead. Yeah, you're the king.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Small k. Okay, sure enough, (laughs) please. Um, The the first person we wanted to thank was the Tobich family, especially Kathy. They they were one of the founding families with us, and Kathy in in particular has served in so many different ways uh, throughout the life of the church, and beyond all the ways that she serves, she's been a huge encouragement to all of us, especially when things have been tough and we've wanted to sort of give up the ship. She said, keep going on, and she's just been persistent through, through good times and bad times, and we really appreciate all that.
3: The next two people we want to thank are Neville and Jimmy. Neville is the bass player and Jimmy is one of the guitarists. And... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think they were the second and third members of our band and they're still with us. Um, They taught me a lot of things. They taught me how to mic back in the old days when we set up... um, I used to set up the drum kit, I used to set up mics, and... I'm just so encouraged that they have continued to be with us week after week, Um, and they still continue to love Jesus even though they have seen some of the stuff from the inside. I think of one story, one time we were having a particular difficult time, we didn't know if the Christmas concert was going to go on, and Neville said, don't worry about it, it's going to be the best ever, and it was. Another person I want to thank is Carol Webster, not just because she's personally one of my very best friends, but Carol was a person way back in the beginning who brought more people to Renaissance than anyone, and she was actually a member of a different church. (laughs) (laughs) And her spirit, she always wants to share Jesus with anyone she meets. She always wants people to learn more about Jesus, and she's used Renaissance as a tool to help her friends, uh, the grocery cashier, her relatives all come to know who Jesus is by inviting them to Renaissance, and that's a really wonderful thing. The next person is very interesting. When I walked up the stairs this day, today, who was in the, who was in the kitchen? Don Finerty, helping out. And maybe a lot of you don't know the Finnerdys, but the Finnerdys are a family that are of great encouragement to me. They've been here so long that when they arrived, their kids were a toddler and a baby, and now they're in college. (laughs) Um, But I remember praying for the Finnerdys. A friend invited them and invited them and invited them to come, and we prayed that they would come. And then they did, and they've been here. So every time I see one of the Finnerty families, I think, there's God at work. We prayed, and God was faithful. Also, they responded. This is what Renaissance is about. It's about inviting our friends. And her friend, it was really Corinne's friend. Corinne's friend was faithful to invite, and Corinne responded. And so every time I see them, it's an encouragement, even if they're not working in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then... Another person I am so encouraged by every time I see her is Kathy Olson. Kathy is a really godly woman. She's very insightful. And over the years, um, she has shared her thoughts, sometimes verbally, I know sometimes in writing, early on to Robbie and me, later to the elders. But she always shared her thoughts as in, we're in this together. I'm not writing you a threatening letter or telling you what you're doing wrong. I'm writing to say I have some ideas or I have some observations and they're about us. I'm part of you. And that is a wonderful gift. We need more people like that. We need people who will be, um, I don't wanna say critical, but you know, who will be able to say what they're thinking, but to say it with love and respect and as part of the solution, not part of the problem.
2: So the next person wasn't here from the beginning, but, but close to the beginning, and he has certainly uh, seen some really challenging times and stepped up in many capacities, which is Clay Poore. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Clay came here because he got excited about the mission, and he has kept that fire about the mission ever since he's been here. And he's had some real challenges, because he's had to step into the breach in so many different situations, including, including being our lead preacher for a number of years, when frankly, he knows, and we all know, that isn't his highest gift, but he's been willing to do it and to serve God that way. So he's just been great in his perseverance and commitment to us as a church. Um, the next group of folks also haven't been here from the beginning, but they have been on point uh, and persisted through many of the challenges, which is our current lay elders, So it's Roger Suchek, Eric Martins, Bill Brenton, and Carter Parker. I guess we could. You you probably don't know it or see it, but they serve uh, such a demanding uh, role here at the church. They are devoted, their time and their energies and their passions to looking out for you as a church, for you as individuals. For God's mission here and for what Renaissance is doing through, uh, that God is doing through Renaissance here. And they are pure hearts, selfless, and uh, work themselves to the bone uh, for the sake of God and the church here. So they have just been terrific in very tough times. Um, The next person is Dave Macaron. I think Dave started coming to Renaissance just tagging along when he was a kid with his dad. And he's obviously made his way up the ladder. (laughs) But it's been so wonderful to see Dave progress in his talents and skills and how God uses him uh, to doing what he's doing now, which is leading worship. And something that if you don't know Dave personally, I'm going to tell you, he is one of the the most uh, deep, spiritually mature guys I know. And for me personally, it is such a blessing to have someone with that pure heart leading worship when we're singing. It's just so reassuring and so wonderful. So we really appreciate that.
3: And the last two people we'd like to thank are um, Daniel and Julie. And I'm sure there's many things you all know that you would like to thank Daniel and Julie for. (laughs) But I wanna thank them for something that maybe most of you don't know. Um, Many years ago, um, they told me when they finished a service, they had agreed together that they would talk to two people that they didn't know before they met with their friends. To me, that's a huge understanding of what our church is about and what church is about. It's not just about getting together and having fun and being comfortable with all the people who are just like us. It's reaching out. It's extending love to other people. And they told me that, and then I kind of spied on them. And they actually (laughs) do that. And so um, I think... That was a huge encouragement for me week after week to watch. I've stopped spying. I think they're still doing it. Uh, But I would encourage you to follow this. You might not be able to sing like they do, but you can reach out and talk to people you don't know every week.
1: Thank you, guys, for starting us off like that. Uh, When I first met with Rob and Nancy to talk about what they would share today, uh, I told them we wanted to thank them, and I know you want to do that. But their first word to me was, we want to start off by thanking others. And they wanted to do that for a very simple reason. And this is a theological truth. The way that God builds his church is through ordinary people when they're willing to serve in his mission. And a lot of what you guys have just shared really comes back to the mission of Renaissance. And so let me say a little bit about how I ended up here. And then I'm going to ask these two to talk some more about the mission of this place. Uh, If you're new here, and you've just been around for a little while, a lot of those names will have been new to you. And I can tell you, in my first few months here, I've gotten to meet and know why you two thank the people that you named as you do, because I see them serving together in this mission. And I first heard about Renaissance in June of 2015, and the thing that immediately was clear to me was how focused and and really how biblical the vision for this church seems to be. And by that, I mean it was a church that existed for its friends and neighbors. And some of you who've been around for a while will have heard that phrase. Uh, that's not an accident. The way that Jesus built his church was to gather disciples and then build them up for others so that they would be reaching out. And when I learned about this church and saw that vision, my first thought was that's a place where I could see myself. And I tell you, I had no idea how much I'd love being here. Mm. And I mean that. I mean it because this mission that this church has is so compelling because it feels like the kind of thing that Jesus would be so behind. And when we talked together about this time, uh, both of you, Rob and Nancy, you had some thoughts about uh, the mission for this church that you thought would be good to share a bit about uh, with us in this last time that you're together. Nancy, I wonder if you'd be willing to say a bit about what you see, maybe both uh, going forward for the mission, and maybe you could share a little bit about how it was in the early days that you saw the need for this kind of mission. Would you tell us a bit about that?
3: Yeah, I... The, the song that Dave just sang was so perfect. Because it talks about wanting, yes, we have a fire in our soul. Yes, we want to feel close to God. But we want that so that we can share with others, right? We want to, and um, it's interesting, the the song said to share with the nations. But Jesus, when he gave the Great Commission, first said to go to the people around us. And so, um, for me, initially, when we were starting this church, it was about, you know, my friends my the parent friends at swimming and the women that I was walking babies with and stuff, I wanted to be able to talk to them about Jesus and yeah, I can do that, I'm actually okay at doing that, but I wanted them to see other people who love Jesus. And um, although we never set out to start a church, that was advice that we got later, it's such a wonderful tool to have here that you can bring a friend, who's far from Jesus, who's antagonistic to Jesus, who doesn't even say the word Jesus, and know that they're not gonna feel uncomfortable or embarrassed here. And you can bring them here and know that they will meet Jesus by meeting the people here, by meeting, hearing the sermon, by hearing the music, and then that gives you more room for conversation. So I envision the church as a tool. It's not an end. It's not an end. It's not like, oh, let's. How many people can we have at this church? It's, it's something we can use to have, have people come to Jesus. Um, I, for me, I also had to be transformed in order for that to happen. I'm from Maine. I'm not really a Jersey girl, although I <laughs> love that I don't have to pump my gas. But um, <laughs> is that really the best thing about New Jersey? Come on,
2: <laughs> bagels.
3: <laughs> but. Um, I was annoyed at people here. I need to tell you, for the first several years I was here, I was annoyed. We take pride in that, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) And I felt it was just difficult to go to the grocery store, and people you know, grabbed the last package of chicken before you could get it, and whatever. (laughs) I used to cry every time I went to the grocery store, and I don't even cry that much. So um, God had to change my heart, though. He had to change it. So when I saw the lady grabbing the chicken, I thought... She thinks she needs chicken, but she really needs Jesus, right? (laughs) Because the truth is, that is everybody's greatest need. I don't care. It's not just the greatest need of somebody in Somalia in a refugee camp. It is their greatest need. But it's also the greatest need of the woman next door who looks like she has it all together, yeah. but actually her kid's on her way to, his drug, to drug rehab. Yeah. It's the greatest need of all those commuters on the train, Short Hills platform at 540 in the morning. That's what people need. And so God changed my eyes so when I saw people, he helped me to see them as, that's a person who needs love, that's a person who needs Jesus it isn't just an obnoxious
1: wretch. Hmm. Let's, <laughs> I wanna pause here uh, for this reason. Did you hear the greatest need that all of the people who we see have is for Jesus? I, I wanna s- pause on that for a moment. Some of you who are here know that that is your greatest need. I'm right about that, aren't I? Right? And then others of you who are here are, are beginning to consider that possibility We hope that this place serves the end of helping you see that that's your need and then finding that Jesus himself has already given you what you need. This community exists for that. Uh, I'm so thankful that you put it so clearly like that, Nancy, and the chicken and wretch part is helpful too. Um, But it would not be good And I know this for for these two. It would not be good if on their way out, the message that we had is Renaissance Church is just so great. Uh, It is great, but Jesus is great. And that's the greatness here, that this can be a place where others come to know him. You said a few things when we were together uh, in your living room about how you can envision in very practical ways uh, this group of people here, me, Uh, serving that function of what the church is meant to be, uh, helping other people know about Jesus. Can you give us some clear pictures of what that might look like? And Rob, if you want to interject here too, I'd like to hear from you uh, in that as well.
3: Um, I guess one thing I'd say is I would be so disappointed if Robbie and I come back to visit next January or February and this church looks exactly like it looks now. Hmm. That would just be awful. I hope that there's a whole bunch of people out there I have never seen before, because that means you're inviting friends and family. I hope that um, the culture's changing, right? We're getting, we're old. We were 38 when we started this church. We had a baby in a stroller. Um, I. I Hope that the music is slightly different because it's more in. Li- I mean, it's always in line with who, what the culture is. But I hope we continue to follow that trend. I hope you, know, you just started connection groups. I hope you've done something else that is um, culturally relevant. I hope there's more people serving. Mm. I hope that. Um, I hope a lot of things have changed, but I hope the mission never changes. Because the mission is Jesus' mission. There's yeah. no reason for that to be different.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think that's key. Nancy said it really well, which is the, the, the core driver of this church is to be able to reach our friends and neighbors and introduce them to Jesus, the God to whom they need to be reconciled, as we all do. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, we have to have a contemporary culture, a relevant culture, a culture of grace, so that when people are coming in, they feel very comfortable in exploring this rather than feeling judged or out of place or uncomfortable. Um, We want people to really be encouraged to connect with God and to be reconciled to God. And um, as long as that's part of the core mission, that is the core mission of the church, I think it ought to stay up, contemporary culture, stay relevant. Uh, The music will evolve as the music out in the culture evolves, the 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 functions like the Super Bowl party. I hope everyone's inviting friends to the Super Bowl party. That may not be a big thing in five years. There may be something else that we want to do to encourage people to come in, but always have on our minds outward focus. Mm.
1: So I'm hearing very clearly uh, that for you both, it would be great to know that this place continues to develop and change and that God himself will be the one who drives that as we're attentive to the mission he's given. Uh, I've also heard you both speak a little bit about serving. Uh, You've noticed that uh, in in the past few months, there's been some more people coming around. Have you all noticed that? (laughs) Uh, Especially at the second service, folks will have noticed that. And uh, the staff is very excited about that, and the elders have been thinking about it an awful lot. And one of the things it will mean is more opportunities and need for serving. Uh, Now, Rob and Nancy, you guys have served in just about every way. Uh, They don't let us sing. Don't let us sing, okay. (laughs) Uh, I learned that Nancy used to set the drum set up uh, and that her daughter helped solder the soundboard. Uh, There are many ways that these two have served in small group ministries, in working uh, with young mothers, uh, Rob serving as an elder for for many, many years. Uh, I wonder if you two can think for a moment and share a bit about the ways that you would hope. Uh, some would serve. And then also, can you say a little bit about what it was like for you and your family as you served over the years?
3: Well, we actually talked to our children. Yeah. That's always a good place to get information. Um, about what it was like for them for us to start this church. And so um, I just said we were 38 when we started this church. Meredith was in a stroller, Amanda was 10 years old. Um, Kathy Tobich and her family were very busy, kids in high school, college. Her father had just been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Another couple who was helping us, both were working. She was pregnant, he was going to NYU at night. We were all really busy people. And so, uh, not to tout our our own horns because we were just normal people. We are not superhuman, we're not especially gifted or smart or whatever, we're just people that really wanted our friends to know Jesus. And we thought God was calling us to start a church, so we did it. It did mean that our kids, especially when we were setting up portable, were home um, being babysat on Sunday for several hours. It did mean that Robbie was going to meetings on the only night that he could come home early from work. So. There was a lot of, um, I think there was a lot of sacrifice on the part of the kids. Um, I don't think they suffered or were (laughs) resentful from that, from talking to them, because um, they understood what we were doing. We weren't doing it so, you know, somebody could be chairman of this or so we could put it on our resume. We were doing it to help bring about eternal consequences. And they were part of that for us. That doesn't mean that they were, nec- sometimes they were beside us working, sometimes they were just being kids and allowing us to do this work. So I guess one thing I'd encourage you is, um, I know most, a lot of you, you're not bad parents, you're good parents, you're very dedicated to your kids. Sometimes your kids could um, take a little bit of benign neglect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with that term. That means when um, they're left alone and learn to be independent because you're doing something else. Mm. Not when you're doing it for selfish reasons, but when you're doing it for good reasons. I think families as a whole can be happy a serving, especially when they know a church is not a place where you go and get, get, get. It's a place where you go and serve. And I have to say, both I and my children and Robbie, I think we think we've grown more by serving than we ever did by receiving.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would say we we were very clear with our kids uh, throughout that we considered ourselves a missionary family in this area and that our kids were also missionaries to their playmates, their swim teammates, their whatever. Uh, The kids that they came across and so we did this as a family and it was a great opportunity to explain to them why uh, uh, Our relationship with God personally and why extending that to our friends and neighbors was so important Um, So it was a really I think it was a really special thing to do with the kids to have them be part of this and Understand why we were doing it, but it
3: is hard And so I would also urge you to please pray for the families of the elders and the pastors of this church It's not easy um, and all of them, and the wives, they need, they need your prayers that they could persevere, that they would be, um, that their needs would be met when other people are, um, when, the, when the families are busy.
1: Yeah, I, I would appreciate those prayers, and I thank you for saying that. Uh, I hope that as you all hear these two talk about serving, that you will begin to hear God's way of calling you uh, to be a part of his mission I think it's a fact when you look closely at the New Testament. The expectation is that when someone comes to trust Jesus and begin to follow him, that he invites each and every one of us to be a part of his mission and that doing so, no matter what it costs us to do that, will be worth it because we'll find our true selves as we serve. So I really hope your ears are all opening to that, to the way that God might call you. I want to bring up another subject. As you were thanking folks, I heard you mention a number of times the challenges. Uh, did you hear that? Uh, some of you who've been around for a long time know that Renaissance has faced challenges. And I wonder if you would say something about what you think got this community through. Uh, how are we still here?
2: Uh, only because of God. I mean, th- there were, I, I'll be the first one to say I, there were a number of times when I just wanted to throw in the towel. Yeah. And Nancy was the biggest encourager saying, you can't do that. I mentioned Kathy Tobich there were others, yeah. um, and they were right. I mean, this, the, the mission was too important, and I think what, one of the beauties, and why we mentioned some people who have been here throughout the whole time and committed themselves, they committed themselves to the people, and I think they were really committed to the mission, yeah. um, and, and that's what gets you through the tough times.
1: Did you wanna add anything? Yeah. No? I, I wanna say this. I, I asked you because I, I had a sense that you would say it was God, who sustained this place. And I believe that too. And I personally am so thankful that he gave the power required and that you all chose to trust him because that has put me in the place where I get to use my gifts here. Mm -hmm. And I'm really thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have just a few other things that I want to hear you speak about. Uh, You've seen in the last few months, um, the church, uh, have a new pastor and some, some changes have come about. I wonder if you'd say anything about what you're seeing happen now uh, that gives you some encouragement. Would you mention anything about that?
2: Well, I'll go first and then so you can you can add. We, we're just so excited about the team on the field right now between Christian and Tom, who are sort of the, the new folks. We talked about Dave, Kristen, Clay, you know, everybody who's serving now and all the people who are sort of lay leaders who are serving. It's just so exciting to see this. Nine months ago, we couldn't have imagined the church would be in such a good place. Um, So for us to be leaving at this point in time, it's bittersweet. We're incredibly thankful and relieved that the church is so strong with such good leadership right now, and we're so excited about its future, but we're kind of bummed because we're not going to participate in it. Um, But you know what? I'd rather have it this way (laughs) than the other way, right? Um, And I sense that you all are pretty excited as well. And so it's just so, so wonderful to see God working this way at this time.
3: Yeah, it, um, I hope never to be on a search team again. <laughs> 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 I've seen so many interesting resumes. Um, <laughs> but you know, sometimes, especially people outside the church say, oh, that's so great, you started this church for your family. And we didn't. We started it for uh, friends and neighbors. And in fact, um, with a little bit of an exception, you know, my kids really never participated in the kids program. My kids never really had youth group. It just happens the times they were of those ages, there was very little going on. And so I am jealous. I'm jealous that you know I didn't have kids go through Kristen's stuff. I'm jealous that um, Meredith left just in time for Tom to arrive. I mean, but I'm so excited that you guys get to do that. I mean, it is such a relief. Robbie and I remember having a conversation. We're like, well, what's gonna happen? Because we knew that we were moving on and stuff, and we're like, maybe we shouldn't move on. Should we stay? And we thought, no, it's time for us to move on, and then we thought, well, maybe the church is just gonna die, which was sad, but we thought, well, maybe it served its purpose. Maybe it had its time, it served its purpose, and then you arrived.
1: Hmm. (laughs) Well, You know, I have a good friend who says that churches ought to be um, formed with expiration dates. <laughs> and I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that I agree in every case, but some cases, but I don't believe that the expiration yeah. date is even close for Renaissance. And I, I also feel sad in some ways that you are both going. Uh, my conversations with you have been uh, it not only informative, but really encouraging and, and helped me see h- how to think about what's ahead. Uh, and and especially as you have had an open hand about that. I think that also has been a real encouragement to me. Uh, As we grow, uh, we have new needs, and I think we have new challenges before us. Um, Maybe just a word before we we finish about some thoughts for going forward. Uh, Rob, one of the things that you and I chatted about was that your hope that more of us would begin to bear the burdens that come with the financial responsibilities here in giving. Would you say a bit about that?
2: Uh, I will, and I also want to tie it back into the expiration date. Please uh, do. Sorry about that. <laughs> no. um, you know, as Nancy said, nine months ago, we were, we were scratching our heads. Uh, this is before Tom joined and before Christian joined, wondering whether the church was going to uh, persist or not. And we sort of said to ourselves, you know what, as Nancy said, even if it doesn't, you know, maybe it served its purpose. And we, we think about all the investment that we've made in the church, both time and energy and financial, And we say, gosh, uh, you know, was that in vain? Because the church would die um, uh, as we thought potentially at that time. And then we said, you know, no, well, it it wasn't in vain. You know, it was worth whatever cost, time, energy, money, to see the people that we know who came to know God as a result of Renaissance in this 16, 17-year period. And even if it was only just one person, right, what better investment could you make with your time and resources than that, right? That's that's an internal um, uh, 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 wonderful thing compared to what we see temporarily. So getting back to to the finances, um, as many of you know, the church isn't yet self-sustaining financially, but it's actually now sort of on track to get there. Our hope and our expectation is not only that it, it gets there sooner than planned, but it's overflowing with, with financial resources so that it can even be more uh, influential in reaching out and maybe planting other churches, starting some other ministries and programs, sponsoring missions or missionaries in other places. I think, I think the, 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 the talent and the skill set and the resources in our community here is so extraordinary that this church is on a great track to sort of catalyze that. Mm.
3: I guess one of the things I'd say, I'm usually the optimist in the group, but what you have ahead of you is hard. Mm. Um, The second service is overflowing. This service is so much more full than it was. Mm. Pretty soon there's going to have to be some tough decisions, and we've been thinking about this for 17 years. There are no easy answers. Mm. There are good answers, but there's nothing easy. So I guess I would encourage the church that... um, Give your ideas. Talk to your elders. Talk to your pastors. But at the same time, respect and support them when they make decisions because there's not going to be any perfect decision. It's going to be hard, and they're um, they're really going to need your support. And I and I'm just I'm not I I don't want to be like I'm talking in mysteries, but you know, are we gonna stay in this space? Are we gonna build a big church? Are we gonna plant a church somewhere? There's all kinds of, are we gonna go to a 16th service?
1: Uh, <laughs> there's all kinds of possibilities, but none of them are easy. I'm so glad that you're saying this. This is a question, maybe some of you have been talking about that. What's gonna happen next, right? The staff has been talking about that, the elders. I've been asking everybody to pray, and I love that you're being realistic Uh, It's going to be hard work, but it's the best work. And it's the best work because of what Rob said. Uh, The work that we're doing is for the sake of men and women who are right now far away from God coming close, being reconciled and and receiving the eternal life that God in Christ has won for us.
3: I would also encourage you to really have people who have become, who have been far from Christ and come closer, make sure they share their stories here. Being in the, helping lead the project for a number of years, I got to hear so many stories. And when I look out there, I, you know, I know stuff because you told me. And it's hugely encouraging. Mm -hmm. There's a couple people here that um, I never thought would have become Christians. And some of them are leading small groups. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a wonderful thing. It's an amazing thing to your faith it's a gift you get from God when you see somebody move closer and closer to Jesus. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. And so um, don't um, don't, don't, ta- don't, let that opportunity pass by because you're not willing to serve or get involved.
1: Thank you. And I want to say uh, to both of you, thank you so very much, uh, not only for the way that you have let God use you over these years, but for your willingness to share this morning. Uh, we know that, Renaissance Church is in God's hands. And uh, what happens in the days ahead really comes down to our willingness to uh, see that and then to respond to his faithful leadership. And so, what I want to do in closing is very simply ask Rob uh, if you'd be willing to pray for us, uh, thanking God for what he's done and then asking for his guidance in the, in the days ahead. Would you do that? Would you close us Certainly. in prayer? Okay, thank you so much.
2: Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for being our God and thank you for granting us mercy and grace and giving us Jesus as our Savior so that we can be reconciled to you and enjoy the fulfillment of a life living with you. Lord, I thank you for all the people over the years who have served and sacrificed so much so that renaissance could continue and thrive and that the congregation could reach out to its friends and neighbors. Lord, I pray that you would keep that on our hearts all the time. And I pray that you would bless this congregation going forward through all the challenging decisions it needs to make, through all the good times, as it keeps uh, that mission, your mission, uh, at the forefront of its mind. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Would you join me in expressing our gratitude to God for what he's done through these two? Would you do that?